welcome to my very first actual podcast <laughs> not the 30 second trailer that i dropped on you and then left you hanging before i go on i really want to thank uzimi for pushing me to explore my gifts and my abilities thank you so much for that i remember when i dropped the trailer you know but it was like a day later she was like so when are we getting content <laughs> so i appreciate that so much and ukanyi nonasi for teaching me away for teaching me yo blume english <laughs> for teaching me my way around recording i really appreciate it and kk again no pearl key Thank you so much, guys, for giving me courage to actually do this because I saw y'all being courageous and all of that. So thank you so much. So I guess okay, I didn't like I was debating on what to share. Like I had I had ideas, but I was just like, I don't want to do too much too soon. But also I had said I wanted to be honest and authentic and real on here. So that's exactly what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm trying to do. So I wanted to share about something that I recently went through well last year okay. but it does feel recent sometimes um which is um losing my brother no guys i'm not gonna tell anyone <laughs> how to grieve i really don't know i'm literally still trying to figure it out myself because if you asked me what grieving well looks like i'd probably look at you with a blank stare because i don't know i'm still trying to figure it out but yeah last year i lost my brother and when i lost my brother grieving him was was a trial and error man and i guess get as grief is i guess and on top of that whilst preparing for the funeral i was basically like dictated to on how to grieve and when to grieve in fact me crying was in not so many words forbidden because I'm an only girl and instead of crying I should be serving tea um when I chose to go see my brother's body I was told it's, it was my choice to go and so I was told how far I can cry like because we're not gonna catch you if you start crying Okanyi actually puts it so nicely when she says it was traumatizing that's exactly the word it was traumatizing i even remember this one day i was crying and saying to unasi i'm not even sure if i'm crying because i've lost my brother or i'm crying because of how i'm being treated at such a fragile time and what really kept me sober during that time was Savai's words Savai called me on the day of umpanga you are and was don't get english but anyway, on the day of my brother's passing, Savai called me and she said, um, one of the things she said that skewed with me was that I should guard my heart during this time. And I mean, I agreed, but I don't think I, I grasped what she was saying or what she meant. But as the week went on, as we were preparing for the funeral, working and all of that, people coming in and out, I realized exactly what she meant. I realized exactly what she meant. Because I think if I wasn't aware that I needed to guard my heart, very bitter and angry at everyone, like at everyone who dictated to me how to grieve. 
I would have been so bitter at them. But because of that, I was kept sober. But the weeks that followed care were the worst, I think. I, I carried, I didn't realize how much I had carried that dictatorship of my grief even when those people were gone like I carried it with me because most of the time when I felt like crying I literally condemned myself for grieving and it and I think it about three months I felt like I should be done grieving now it like I don't know it just felt wrong like I condemned myself for it I stuffled my cries my feelings it was Uyolisa, shout out Tete. It was Uyolisa Nozim who kind of again released me from that prison of dictatorship of how I should grieve and how not to grieve. They gave me permission. They gave me permission to grieve. Uyolisa even said, I should at least give myself a year. Like if you are going to be hard on yourself, at least give yourself a year to grieve. And really that permission to grieve meant so much it was only then that I realized but actually wow I had carried subconsciously that dictatorship that you shouldn't be grieving like you don't have time to grieve into weeks after the people who were dictating to me were gone and that's like to me it was so weird when I realized it was so weird that because I was dictated to I again needed someone to release me from that. And at that moment, really, Uyolisa was heaven sent because I didn't even realize that I needed, I needed to be told that it's okay for you to grieve. And I don't know how the steps of grief work. <laughs> I really don't know. I do know, though, that there is one step I know I stayed on for. I stayed on for the longest time, man. I stayed on there for so long and that and that is bargaining. Like if you ask me which step though that I'm on now, I wouldn't be able to tell you because well I'm Dase. I don't know. But I know it's not acceptance yet. It's not acceptance yet. But yeah, man, I bargained for the longest time. I bargained because I was actively praying for my brother. I was praying for him the very night he passed. Maybe even to the moment he actually took his last breath. His life choices had um, brought so much trouble for our family. Um, his life choices had brought trauma for our family. It brought danger. But it's a story for another day. Um, and a story that I need to be careful of how I tell it. Because it's not just my story, but it's my mom's story. It's my stepdad's story. And it is my baby brother Quiz's story. But his life was tumultuous for us, for himself. And so a few months after he'd been buried, there was this peace that existed that we hadn't had before because he had started... He had started this trail of a downward spiral from 2015 up to the year that, which was last year, the year that he actually, he actually passed. We grieved him, still are grieving him. Yes, we are heartbroken. Yes, there is this settledness. And so because of that peace and that settledness, I questioned God, like, why couldn't my brother be here? Why couldn't he have changed so that all this peace that we are feeling 
he could actually be here for that we that we don't feel it in his absence that I felt guilty as well. Like, why was I feeling this peace and gecko? It felt wrong as if it felt as though, I don't know. It felt as though I was rejoicing that he isn't here. And to be honest, like I wasn't not at all. Like I wanted him here for it. I wanted him here for it. And so I felt guilty and I was like bargaining with God. Like he could have been, could have been here. could have been here too. To feel it, he didn't have to die. I was actively praying for him. I was actively praying, praying for him for years. I was praying for him the night he passed, but he still passed. So it 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 just broke my heart. It really, really just broke my heart that he wasn't and isn't here. Actually, isn't here for for it. He isn't here for us laughing in the passage now. He isn't here for us not being like almost not so fearful because we lived in a lot of fear so yeah but now I remember on the 31st of December last year um people were preparing to go to the movies I was in PE people were preparing to go (laughs) to the movies and it was one of those days where you just get like a surge of heavy grief that you can't hold it back. You can't even pretend that it's not there. So it was basically one of those days. And I went to sit outside and just let it out so that I can get into the house and be with people and be present. Um, my little sister, Ungeta, who's actually 14, <laughs> came to me and she asked me what was wrong. And like I hid myself because like I had tears. I kind of hid because I'm like, she's 14. I don't want to be too heavy on this kid. Also, shout out to Nkita because I know she's going to listen to this. Um, So yeah, so Nkita comes to me and asks me what's wrong. And at first I tried to play it off, but like the tears kept coming. So like I started crying. And so I narrate to Nkita um, how I'm feeling. Um. Like guitar, this is how I this is how I feel. I feel as though my brother should be here. And I don't understand why having actively prayed for him so much that he couldn't reform and be here. Because I even remember this one time I said to my brother, because he had so many near death experiences, I said to him one day, you know what, there's probably a reason why God has kept you alive. So why don't you just <laughs> change your life? Why don't you just make straight because clearly you are alive for something so that was a conversation get ahead with Ngita when the bible says <laughs> from the mouths of babes that's exactly what happened at that moment Ngita in all that she said back at me trying to comfort me one of the things that she said was I'm not gonna say it verbatim okay but she said don't I don't I think that sometimes the more I question God about things that happen, the more it's like opening a gap. It's like opening a gap for the devil to plant seeds of doubt and so compromising my my faith. And in that moment, a, a penny dropped. A penny dropped because I remembered the words God spoke to me on the morning of my brother's funeral, God said to me that morning, I 
am good. And so I knew that whatever I take away from the pain, the all of it, all of it, everything that was stormy during that time, even stormy now, that I needed to know that he, God, is good. And I needed to know that because he is good, it is not in his character to hurt me. It is not in his character to break me. It is not in his character that I go through life in pain. So that moment was kind of a turning point for me of understanding that I probably will not have answers, the answers that I want. I probably um, won't ever get to a place where I'm completely healed because grief is never ending. Grief is never ending. I guess that's why God says, the Bible says, he comforts those who grieve, not heals those who grieve. Because each and every moment you feel a heavy feeling of grief in that moment. God is available to to comfort me. And one of the things that, that I have learned in grief is that God gives a margin for laughter. God gives strength to carry on. I mean, there were days and moments that were so excruciating for me. I literally thought I will never get over it. I thought it would never be over. But there were mornings that came that brought with them such a sense of peace. And so those were the margins. And so I had to learn that I had, from 2015, my life was tumultuous. My life was on the edge of danger. Um, And I couldn't enjoy life completely because of that. It was always at the back of my mind. Even being at home felt scary. But now that God has given peace, why am I why am I not enjoying it? Why am I not soaking in it? Doesn't mean that I'm not heartbroken that my brother's not here. I am. I am very much so. It's weird to find yourself sending by two going, whereas any by three. It's it's one of those things where even the question is triggering. But I also needed to learn that I should enjoy this moment of peace it takes nothing away from losing my brother it takes nothing away from the heartbreak but now that there's peace after so many years of not feeling it of not having it now I have it why am I not living in this moment because grief can coexist with joy it can and it is existing with joy even right now it is existing with joy and learning to be intentional in soaking both moments in. When it is an overwhelming joy, I'm present. When it is an overwhelming grief, I'm present. Because grief needs you to decide that you will not lose hope. That you will not lose hope because it really has no answers to give. There is no explanation or answer for mom who has lost her child there's no explanation for a child who has lost a mom or a dad there's no answer that can be given there except for us to trust that God is good and it is not in his character not in his sovereignty to break our hearts he loves us he loves us with an ever 
lasting love. And so the moment God said to me the morning of my brother's funeral, I am good. I held on to it. I held on to it for dear life, still holding on to it for dear life, even now. And so even with that said, I'm not here to tell anyone how to grieve. I really don't think that it's an art that anyone can master because it is different. It is different with every loss and I'm really still trying to figure out, to figure it out. Even the losses that came before my brother, I'm still trying to navigate my way through those. But what I am here to do is to testify about the goodness of God, about his faithfulness and loss, about his everlasting love and his comforting love in grief. And like I said, and I'll say it, I probably say it over and over again, it is not in his character to hurt us. And that is our reality in and all situations that we find ourselves in. His character, it is not in his character to hurt us. If only we can be intentional in looking for his hand in each and every situation. He's not a God who leaves us. He's not a God who forsakes us. He's not a God who can go back on his promises, even the promise that he makes it's because of who he is that we can trust it. We don't trust the promise. We trust the one who promised that he said he's going to deliver. So if we look for his hand, intentionally look for his hand in each and every situation that we find ourselves in, his hand is there. We will see it. We will see it. We'll definitely see it. So God bless you guys. And thank you so much for tuning in. This is such a hard topic to tackle. Um, yeah but thank you so much for listening through until we meet again in about a week 